Good morning. Uh, for those of you who do not know me, my name is Daniel. Um, and I once again want to thank Pastor Lori, Reverend Lori, for giving me the opportunity this morning to share the Word of God. Um, it's been an interesting week. Um, and uh, this message, when I was asked to do it, I kind of was thinking of something. And um, my last message, I forgot to say something that I wanted to say um, regarding um, a particular thing in my life. I think I'm going to share it here in this message because it will go with it. But um, I want to open in a word of prayer uh, before we begin. Lord, we want to thank you this morning for allowing us to open our eyes, to be able to come here. Lord, at this time, we ask that your Holy Spirit will open our eyes and our spirit so that we may be able to learn, absorb, and live what we are about to hear. We ask you this in your precious name. Amen. We take for granted what the Christ has done for us. The question is then, what has Christ done for me or for us? Is it not enough that he was willing to set aside his power and glory to come down to this earth, become like us, suffer, be mocked, and later be sacrificed like a lamb, taken to the slaughter without saying a word? The Christ was obedient to the point of death and death of the cross, but he did not stay dead. He rose on the third day like it was prophesied in the past, and now he sits at the right hand of the Creator awaiting to gather his children in that day, many centuries have come and gone, and we, have, and we can see so many splits in religions and denominations. This happens because of many theological disagreements, but I'm thankful today that I'm able to declare to you that we sit here in this sanctuary this morning, and we can claim that we do not care where you come from, where you are going, what your destination might be, we don't care about your past or what you have done. The only thing we care for is your present relationship with the Christ and moving forward to improve your and my spiritual condition. As we grow in our spiritual walk with the Christ, there are still issues of our past that we are unwilling to let go. We have become so used to them that it's part of our daily lives. But I want to tell you this morning that if we truly want to be followers of Christ, there are things that we must leave at the altar and allow the Christ to take it and heal it. One thing that destroys the communion and fellowship of the church is division that the evil one, and I'm going to refer to Satan, because he knows how to break and divide the church. The book of 1 John 1.7 clearly states that if those that are walking in light or in the word will have fellowship with one another and that we are cleansed by the blood of the Christ. So my question to you is, are we living a true fellowship with the Christ? And if so, that should be demonstrated by our fellowship with one another. The book to the second to the book to Corinthians chapter seven verse one states that we should cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Here the apostle Paul is not making a suggestion or giving us an option. The apostle Paul is urging us to cleanse ourselves 
not your neighbor, not your brother or sister in the faith, but that we should clean our lives. In other words, we must focus on and in our own selves. We can only accomplish this when we are trying to perfect, perfect, to bring to completion holy lives in fear of God. And this is not the type of fear like the fear that you get from the dark or when you are going to get punished. Remember when you were a kid? If you knew that you did something wrong, you were afraid when your parents were ready to give you a smack? That's not the type of fear I'm talking about. But a fear for the greatness and awesomeness of who God is. One of the greatest destroyers of the church is gossip. And trying to make ourselves look better than others. And we do this by degrading or making sure that others in the congregation know about someone's shortcomings. Isn't it true how that happens? Many churches suffer this. The word of God in the book of Romans clearly says, For all have sinned. In other words, there is none perfect. The book of James chapter 4, 11 and 12 clearly tells us not to speak evil against one another. Let's examine once again what it says. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge. He who is able to save and to destroy. And here is the question that it asks. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Whoa. This passage will really offend individuals that deep down inside the church, and I am referring to the church in general all around the world, who know that they are involved in this type of manner. James is not making a suggestion either. James is giving a command, do not speak. Wouldn't it be wonderful instead of speaking negative about people that we could speak positive of others regardless of their shortcomings? And because there are individuals who believe that they have the right to be the first ones to bring in accusations against others. The book of John reminds us clearly the one important thing. We see here the example of a woman who is brought before Jesus because she was caught in adultery. And during that time, the punishment for adultery was stoned to death. How fast are we to pick up the stone to throw at people who have failed in any way in their lives? Here we have the greatest example of love and restoration given to us by the Master. But before this, he makes a statement that really shocks them. They were not expecting this from Jesus. They were trying to tempt Jesus to catch him in some way so that they could use it as an excuse to stone him or bring him before the authorities. Jesus just makes this small statement. Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. Wow. I wish I could have seen their facial reaction after Jesus had said this. As the story evolves, we can clearly read that people began to drop their stones 
one stone after another started to fall upon the ground. I want you to picture in your mind as stone by stone begins to drop. The woman most likely was on her knees, covering her head with her hands because she was here expecting the inevitable. And Jesus asked her, woman, where are those that accuse you? Just picture it. This woman must have been in shock that Jesus asks this question. As she began to slowly lift her head and open her eyes, she then probably turned her head slightly to the right and slightly to the left and finally realizes that nobody was there anymore. And here comes Jesus again and, make, and makes, to my belief, one of the greatest statements of forgiveness. Neither do I condemn you. Go and from now on, sin no more. Titus 3, 5. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. By the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. If we are honest with ourselves, who are we today? Are we portrayed like the masses that wanted to stone these women? Or are we portrayed as Jesus, the one who in compassion and love restored and forgave this woman? It is my prayer this morning that this message has entered your ears and has gone down to your heart where change can begin and forgiveness can be found in the Christ. And it is true that the MCC of the Spirit is one among many churches around the area of Harrisburg. But it is one of the many churches that my husband and I chose. Actually, it was me. <laughs> and I can tell you why. Because the first day that I stepped foot in this church, I don't, it, it, it reminds me of the message uh, that the pastor preached. She cultivated my heart the first time that I stepped here and, and, and listened to her speak. And when we got home, I told my husband, this is the church that I have been looking for all my life. I used to go to a church that was, um, um, like many of us, used to go to these uh, conservative, um, very strict churches, and I used to help in them. Um, but I always had to hide who I was. And I think my justification was... Um, well, if they don't ask, I won't tell. Um, an event happened in my life in which one of one of the, la the last church that I that I helped found out, and the only thing that they asked me is either I change my ways or you know um, tender my resignation and uh, leave the membership of the church, which I was glad to do because I was finally fed up with hiding who I was and helping out churches that really. I thought, you know, that I was being productive. And in a sense, I was. But since I've been here at DMCC, um, I've felt that this church is more than just a church. This has become a haven of rest for me, a place where I can come and be who I am, a place where I can give of myself, my talents, and my efforts to a cause. And yes, this church might not be perfect, but we strive every day to move forward. And after my husband passed away, 
which was on August 30th of 2018, if I'm correct. Yeah, I haven't forgotten that date. Um, it was this church, the board of directors, who actually gave me a hand on countless occasions. I was thinking, what other church could have done this? I was thinking, with the other church that I was helping, give me a hand. But the MCC at the time, I was probably a new member, if I'm correct. Um, I was just coming here. But the church stood up. And that is one of the reasons why I give up my time here. Because it's worth it. And my, my urge, my, my petition to you is also to give of yourself. And many of you do give of your time and talents. And some of you I see that you do and take a load of ten people. We need to stand up as a church, as a whole, to keep this church moving forward. Because there is none like this church in the area of Harrisburg where people can actually come and be who they are. It doesn't matter what you have done. This church will receive you with open arms. Everyone has a past. Some of us don't talk about our past. Some of us want to forget our past. But regardless of what our past is, you can come here. This church will lift you up. And yes, we still have our weaknesses. And as time goes by, we, we depend that God will take these weaknesses and make them positive attributes for the church. So it is my prayer this morning that as I close, that we take it to heart. The pastor, the associate pastor, the board of directors are not the only ones in the church. We are the church. We need to take, up, take it upon ourselves to fill the gap where there needs to be a, f- a filling. And I ask that everyone this morning would stand up. As we close in prayer. Lord, we come to you before and now after. We recognize that we are not perfect individuals. But because of your sacrifice, Lord, we are complete. And Lord, allow us to be honest with ourselves to be able to move aside the things and the negative attributes of our lives to be positive attributes that can lift the church. Allow us also to be a helping hand in this church. Lord, we thank you for the leaders of the church, the pastor, the associate pastor, the board of directors, and the congregation itself. Help us to be who you want us to be. In your precious name. Amen.